are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'll never forget that night when I was standing next to my dad, uh, midway back in the auditorium. I don't think our auditorium held 100 people. Those green wooden chairs. My dad was the second seat in, and I was the first seat in on the aisle side. We had two aisles. We had no electricity. The church had lanterns. About 15 minutes from here in a place called Centerville, now it's called Fremont. Our town had 2,500 people. I don't know what my pastor preached that morning or that night. I have no idea. But I can recall being under heavy, heavy conviction. I stood next to my dad and the invitation was being sung. And I, I don't know what the song was. Sometimes I think I remember the hymn of invitation. We sing it. It comes back to my mind. The year was 1956. I remember about the second or third stanza, Pastor Smith was at the front. I could not get over the fact I was lost without Christ. My parents were good people, but I wasn't going to heaven because of my parents. I had five uncles that were preacher, but I, would not, I was not going to go to heaven because Baptist preachers in our home. I remember taking that step out in the aisle. I was shaking, I was nervous. But I also remember, Brother Poussin, the great relief that came to my soul as soon as I stepped out. And I walked forward, and I, I don't remember all what I said to the pastor, but I can distinctly remember him saying, Viva Morningstar, you come here and lead Jack to Christ. And in the two little rows we had, maybe 12 people in the choir, I went to the second row on the corner, and she sat on the next chair, and she led me to Christ that day. My name was written in the book of life. But you know, something else happened that day, and I never knew that was happening until years later. Someone moved into my life, and it's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's function is to, con, uh, is to convert us to Jesus Christ. And that night while I was sitting there and standing next to my dad, the Holy Spirit of God was doing that work and pointing out to me, Jack, you're a sinner. Uh, sinners uh, die and go to hell and spend eternity away from God. The Spirit of God was convicting me. And perhaps you're in this room today and you're without Jesus Christ and there's conviction going on right now because God wants to convert you. When you got saved, the Spirit of God moved in. In John chapter number 16, he convicts us now of sin. And so I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, but not only was I converted, but I, I, I now sin. My flesh, he talks about that here. It's so easy to do wrong. I wish I could tell you that you finally arrived to the position of a pastor and now no sin, but it's so easy to do wrong. It's just as easy for me to do wrong now in my flesh as it was when I was a teenager. 
my, my flesh wants to do wrong. And the Spirit of God will say, Jack, don't, don't, don't say that. Don't do that. Jack, apologize to your wife. And the Spirit of God will convict me of sin. Not only does the Spirit of God convert us, and not only does the Spirit of God convict us, the Holy Spirit of God, He seals us. Ephesians 1.13. He, he puts us a seal upon us that I'm claimed by God Almighty. I'm preserved. I don't have to worry about losing my salvation. I've been sealed by the Lord Jesus Christ. He empowers me, Ephesians 5, 18. But ye shall receive power, Acts 1, 8. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses of me. When I get timid and I don't go soul winning or pass a track or give the gospel or tell, I know that the Spirit of God is not filling my life. I know that I've emptied myself of the power of God. Not only does he convert us and not only does he convict us and not only does he seal us and not only does he empower us, but I'm so thankful that he restrains. When a child of God gets saved, the Holy Spirit moves in and part of his function is to restrain. That's why when the next event on the prophetic timetable of God comes the rapture of the church, we leave and guess who also leaves? The Holy Spirit. If you think sin is rampant today, you wait until his function through the holy, through the, the, the Christian is removed on planet earth during the seven years of tribulation. This is gonna be an awful place a wicked place, a satanic place. And some who know not Christ and they've rejected the conversion of God, they're gonna be left behind and they'll not be saved because 2 Thessalonians 2 tells us you'll be sent in a strong delusion. You'll believe a lie. Amen. Not only does the Holy Spirit empower us and not only does he restrain, but the Holy Spirit of God, he comforts us. He's called the comforter. John 16, verse 16, verse 26, he comforts us. I know a family right now today, the Harder family that is experiencing comfort like they've never experienced before, though their hearts are broken for their son and their dad and their husband and their uncles passed away this past week at a very young age. I don't know all about comfort like that, I said to my wife years ago when her mother was 45 when she died, left eight kids, I said, how could you write that poem? How could you, how could you write that and from the day she died to a few days later when you had the funeral? How could you write those things? How? And she said, the power, the God, God's Holy Spirit will give you grace so you've never needed before and you've never experienced before. The Holy Spirit of God Acts 13, he sends forth, he calls and sends forth missionaries. I've been pondering this this week. We have sent so many hundreds of people out of our ministry and now out of the college into the ministry. And we have so many missionaries that are on foreign soil. But I can't believe that in a crowd this size, the Spirit of God is not speaking to someone to go to Mexico City of 40 million people. I cannot believe the Spirit of God is not moving on the heart of someone to go to Hong Kong. We have a missionary there out of our graduates and his wife and others. I cannot believe that God is not sending and calling someone through the Holy Spirit. All this happened when Jack 
1956, walked forward and got saved. The Spirit of God's been doing all those things in my life. What a wonderful, wonderful gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. In this text, where you are, I'd like you to look at it. By way of introduction, it says in verse 15 of chapter number five, walk in the Spirit. He says the same thing in verse 25, walk in the Spirit. And as we approach 2020, I want to challenge all of God's people that every single day, 365, we walk in the Spirit. I walk with the King, hallelujah. I want to walk with Him. I want to talk with Him. I want to know His presence. We walk in the Spirit. Verse number 18, we're led by the Spirit. Verse number 22, the fruit of the Spirit. And verse 25, we live in the Spirit. I want us to go back to that second one. Oh, God has spoken to my heart about this in the last 10 days or so. Verse number 18, it is my verse I want to take into 2020. The Bible says, I want you to read verse 18 with me. Ready, begin. But if ye be led of the Spirit. The apostle says, I want you to understand the Spirit of God wants to lead you. He wants to lead me. I'm gonna pray that if the Lord lets me live and allows you to live that every day in 2020, starting Wednesday, January 1st, that the Spirit of God, as he's wanting to lead me, I'll follow where he leads me. I will follow. The Spirit of God will do that. He will direct your path. He will tell you, he will tell you what way to go on life. He will tell you how to travel what down this road. He will tell you who to talk to today. He will tell you, reach in your pocket and do something for somebody, right? He'll tell you, help that widow. He'll tell you, help that widower. He'll tell you, help that child, help that needy person, help somebody along the pathway of life. He'll tell you how to read your Bible. I'm asking God, and he, I, I'm so excited January 1st. I've used my same prayer journal for a couple, two, three years now. I'm, I've got my book already. I'm gonna have a whole new, uh, 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 same, same system, but a whole new prayer journal. Mine's getting worn out and, worn, and, and things. I'm gonna put it together so it's a clean copy, start it off again, same order, same everything, add some things to it. I heard my wife speaking about her prayer journal. I got some ideas I wanna add to that. I, don't you wanna have a prayer life? Don't you think the Spirit of God is leading you right now in January 1st to have a better prayer life next year than you have this year? Don't you think the Spirit of God is leading you to serve God more efficiently next year? He's wanting to lead me. I know that. He's not done with us yet. And the Bible says he'd be led by the Spirit of God. You're not under the law. So many things can lead my life and yours as well. Have you ever been led by fear? I think all of us have. I don't want to be led by fear. For God has not given us Ephesians 1, 7, the spirit of, not 1, 7, uh, chapter 1, Ephesians 1. God has not given us the spirit, 1 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of might and the sound mind, is that first Timothy or second Timothy? I'm sorry to wake you fellows up here. How come I'm, I'm, is that first Timothy or second Timothy? 
We, we don't know the Bible, but we're having a good time up here. The guy in the pulpit certainly doesn't know it. Now I've got you looking it up. Miss Treber, you're looking real fast. I think it's 2 Timothy 1.7. We're gonna find out because a state, we'll take a, a station break right now. Is it 2 Timothy 1.7 for God hath not given us a spirit of Jessica? Miss Treber's just learning the books of the Bible, so thank you very much. Uh, we got it there. 2 Timothy 1.7. God's not given us a spirit of fear. You know how it happens with me once in a while? I get overwhelmed with fear. That's not the Spirit of God. God wants to lead us by His Spirit, but not by fear. May I say today that fear can lead us. May I say that the flesh can lead us. This text is all about the text of flesh. Paul had won these people of Christ, and yet in chapter 2, verse 11, he said, I'm afraid of you. He said, I've labored in vain, I've travailed in vain, I've won you to Christ, but I'm afraid of you people. There was a time you'd have plucked your eyes out for me, but he said, now am I become your enemy that I tell you the truth? God forbid. He was so concerned about the, what was the problem? They were going, the church was going great at Galatia. Wonderful church. And some Judaizers moved in. As they moved in that church, and there's always people, the Bible shows us, that move into church, they creep in unawares. And the Judaizers moved in. And they began to teach the law. What is true legalism? Nowadays, in our churches, as someone says, I believe that, and there's a certain standard that you hold to. Ah, legalist. That has nothing to do with legalism. Legalism is adding something to salvation to get and gain salvation. And the Judaizers were saying you have to keep the law if you want to be saved. But that is not Bible. And Paul is refuting this. And he deals with the works of the flesh. And that's why he says, verse number 18, led by the Spirit. Now, verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest, which is these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. That's just having a filthy mind. Lascivious, that is no shame. I'm, I'm not embarrassed at all. Idolatry, placing something above God. Witchcraft, which is pharmakia, the Greek word, drugs. And hatred, hatred is when we challenge authority and challenge one another. And you're always, hey, listen, uh, this new generation of internet people, that's all, you're always argumentative. Something's wrong with you. It is not Christ-like. You, you, you cannot live a day without an argument or a smart comment. That is not godliness. Are you hearing that? That's that godliness. In 2020, get, many of you ought to thank God for what the internet does. Thank God for the help for today. But you folks that always are using it to stir up strife and anger and troubles and heartache and division in the church, uh, that is not of God. And so we leave here, you'll do the same thing at the next church. Oh, at first it's a honeymoon. And the last church, you did the same thing. And the next one after that. And God says here, he said, that is all flesh, hatred. And it's always having an issue. And it goes on and says variance, which is strife, and emulations, which is jealousy, and wrath, which is outburst, and strife, which is self-seeking, and, and seditions. It's division that creates cliques in the church and envy, desiring to have what others have. 
and murder, taking the lives of others. Some of you are doing it with your tongue. And drunkenness controlled by something from the outside that controls the inside, but the Spirit of God controls from the inside outside. And revelings is to riot. See, we can be controlled and led by the Spirit, are led by fear, are led by flesh, are led by finances. We live in a wonderful area, but I tell you, I've watched through almost 44 years of pastoring this church, so many people being led by the Spirit. And I watch when a job comes to a close or uh, you lose this or you lose that, I watch finances become the issue. You never make a decision based on finances. You make it based on faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please Him. You say, well, that's easy for you to say. Oh, no, it's not easy to say. And this church pays me well. But I'll guarantee it, if you begin a computer job in this area, if not immediately, within a year or two, you're making more than me. And all these men up here on this platform are the folks that serve the Lord here in our ministry. You know what our journey has been every single month is to make my house payment? You know what it's been as we tithe, and as we serve God, as we pay utilities just like you do? It's all been by faith. It's all been that God, this month, will you please supply this need? And the same is true as I pray every single day and every single week for the finances of this church. I can recall when I had this year these three pastors that God so graciously gifted this church with all three of them. If I'm not mistaken, all three I said on the phone, now let me, we'll have to talk about finances. I can recall each one saying, I believe all three said it, said I don't wanna talk finances. If this is God's will, he'll work out the finances. I wanna know if this is where God would have me serve. I can recall when Miss Trevor, we came here, the church owned nothing. We don't, we literally owned, we didn't have a, a, a church building, we rented a church building. We had nothing here. And I can recall the few deacons that were there said, okay, we'll, 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 we'll ask you to be our pastor. And I'll never forget that day, it was a Wednesday night, they voted I could be their pastor. But we made a pack, I made a pack in my heart especially. I was never gonna make a decision based on money. And when we came here, I had no idea what we were gonna make. I did not know, and didn't even think about it. We had no insurance, health insurance. So we started working with knowing health insurance. We had no gasoline expense account. Uh, we had, we, we didn't have a Christian school. Uh, we, we didn't. My wife worked full-time, I worked full-time. We came to the end of the year, a year later, and I thought, I thought, man, this is amazing. We made $8,600. I think to be exact, it was $8,640, and our rent was $450 a month. And we were the, one of the largest givers in the church. How'd that happen? God honors faith. You know, some church, and they're not gonna call me because I found out long ago, I tricked you into letting you be, me, me be your pastor and I don't think any other church would ever want me. But if a church called 
and say, we have this, and we have this in your package, and a house that's free, and five acres, and we have all this, don't you think it would be wrong for me to move for that? I sort of think that about you too. I'm not moving for more two by fours and sheetrock and a longer driveway and more grass. I can't keep up with the grass I have. I want you to know that you never make a decision based on finances. I know that's going over like a lead balloon right now. We've always decided that our, our church and our life is gonna be paramount. I'm not saying there's not a better church for you. I'm not saying there's not a better pastor for you. And if God is leading you to a better church and a better pastor, then that, I think you ought to go. But I don't think you ought to go for anything that deals with fear or flesh or finances or friends or even family putting pressure on you or some foolish person. God says, look at verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit. In 2020, the Spirit of God wants to lead you. He wants to lead me. Not in our flesh, but rather verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is, he wants to lead me to notice these three qualities. Their quality that is Godward, love, joy, peace. That all comes from above. And then the next are all toward man, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. And the next is from inside, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. God wants to lead you. In our psalm book, you don't need to turn there. I'll turn there and I'll close today. There's a great song that Mosey Lister wrote in 1954. As I walk the road of life, my feet grow weary, and I stumble through the thorns and shifting sand. But I'll never have a fear about tomorrow, for I'm led by the Master's hand. Through the storm, through the night, I'll keep holding on. With his hand holding mine, hope is never gone. When I climb the last mile to heaven's land, I'll be led by the master's hand. You know, I cannot help to think in this auditorium on Tuesday night. On that Tuesday night, Carl wanted to be to church here so bad. He was sick. His wife said, I think you ought to stay home. He said, I've got to go to church. And he passed away in this auditorium. But while he was passing from here to glory, he was being led by the master's hand. It's time, Carl. Come to my house. Through the valley of despair, though I may wander, and some of you are going through the valley of despair. You might be sitting here, we know nothing about it. I guarantee it this week, there'll be courtroom appearances. I guarantee there'll be sorrow that we know nothing about right now. On the highest mountaintop, I soon shall stand. 
I'll never walk alone. My heart tells me I'll be led by the Master's hand. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you. Now, I just ask you to take your finances for 2020 and get a plan of attack. Let the Spirit of God lead you. If you own a condominium or a house, would you let him lead you how much extra every month you should pay to get rid of the bondage of that? You say, well, I don't own a condo. I don't own a house. Would, would you create something so that when the next bust comes, and there have been five busts in this area since I've pastored this church. One is recent in the last 10 years, and houses fell to literally in half, and now into two-thirds less then than they were right now. But you're never going to get in if you don't make preparation. The Holy Spirit is going to show you how. He'll give you direction. You say, I've never won a soul to Christ. Well, will you, will you write it down that you're going to find a soul winning partner that can teach you? I graduated from Bible college, the president of my student body, and had no idea how to win a soul to Christ. And I got an A-plus in the class. And a Hispanic deacon took me out one night soul winning, and for the first time in my life, I saw two, excuse me, three souls get saved. And all I had to do was see it one day. I knew the Romans road. I didn't know how to start. I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to lead them to a prayer to ask Christ. But when I saw it, I was off and running. That was 45, six years ago. You don't know how to win a soul to Christ. You're missing out on one of the greatest joys of Christianity. Would you put that, that you're going to let the Spirit of God lead you to someone and go to that person and say, I don't know how to lead someone. Someone just recently told me that this week. I want to go soul winning. Well, I want to take them with me because I want them to know the joy of how to win someone to Christ. The Holy Spirit of God is leading that man. What's the Spirit of God leading you to do with your marriage? What's the Spirit of God leading you to do with parenting your children? What's the Spirit of God leading you to do with the work of God? This morning, I never knew. I never knew sitting back there with my dad. I never knew when I got saved, someone was going to move inside of me, and he was going to convict me, and he was going to correct me, and he was going to restrain me, but he was also going to lead me. It's been a wonderful journey being led. And I know he wants to lead me as I close out this year and move into 2020. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.